Who got a little, like, what's going on this morning? Why are we watching a green progress bar go across the screen? Guess how long that was? A minute. All it was was a minute long. Right here to prove a point. We're going to talk about waiting today. Because I'll just admit right off the bat, I'm not a good waiter at all. Okay? I am an impatient person. Right? So we're going to talk about waiting. So I did a little research. I found a study in 2017 by Timex. Timex is a company that makes watches. I don't even know if they're still around anymore because few people carry watches unless they are smart. (laughs) Right? Um, So here, listen to some of these things. In 2017, we spend three days a year waiting in line. 13 hours a year on hold with customer service. 20 minutes a day waiting for the bus or the train. Obviously, that's not true today because it takes like maybe two minutes to get from your bedroom to your office in the morning. Okay? 32 minutes in a doctor's office visit waiting. 28 minutes waiting to go through security at an airport. My thing just flipped. Um, 21 minutes or longer waiting for your significant other to get ready. Two hours. Wow. Hmm. Right. 38 hours a year in traffic. Just waiting in traffic. I found another study in 2017. The average wait lines at a Disney theme park, two to three hours. They actually did a study verifiable. One person waited in line five hours in Disney to ride one ride. Raise your hand if you would do that. Five hours. Besides Ava, who lives, sleeps, drinks Disney. Okay? Fast pass. I don't even know what that is. All right. We live in a hurry-up, instant society, right? You guys all heard that some of you laughed at the noise, like where they had dial-up modem, right? Dial-up internet. Okay? I'm, yes, old enough to admit that I had dial-up modem. Yeah, my house. It was hilarious. Okay? I don't wait well. But we're going to talk about a specific kind of waiting today. And I really hope that this service goes as viral as the last service is going to go. (laughs) So some of you that didn't catch it, you should probably catch the last 10 minutes of the last service because there was an incident that potentially just might go viral on YouTube. So there you go. It's always been a goal of mine, just never really on pastor fails. So that was, uh, we'll see. But we're going to talk about waiting on God or waiting on the Lord. Part of our text today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. And it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not weary, but they shall walk and not be faint. Waiting on the Lord. What really is that? God put it on my heart kind of in the last two weeks about waiting on the Lord in a lot of things that were going on. It says in Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart, wait on the Lord. It says in Psalms 130, verse 5, I will wait on the Lord. My whole being waits. And on his word, I put my hope. Wait on the Lord. What is it? Is it like going to the DMV office, pulling a ticket, and then just sitting in a chair waiting for your number to get pulled? I don't know. I do know. And that's where we're going to go today. Or you're like me. You pull your number in the DMV office. You sleep through when your number gets called, and then you got to pull another number. So is it really just that? I think it's more. I think it's more than that. Otherwise, why would it be so important 
So I did a little study a little bit, and I think it's something that we can relate to. So I found some characters in the Bible. I'm wondering if you can relate to some of these characters when it comes to waiting on the Lord. So in 1 Samuel chapter 1 is the story of Hannah. Hannah was one of the wives of Elkanah, and Hannah was childless. Can you imagine maybe some of the prayers that Hannah was, was praying that going, God, why can I not have a child? Or when can I not have a child? So maybe you're sitting there and I'm just wondering if you've ever asked a question like I have maybe a thousand times, why or when? And it gets not so much better for Hannah because it says in verse 7, chapter 1, that she was actually taunted by the other wife for being childless. And not just once. The Bible says it happens year after year. So I'm just wondering, what is Hannah's mindset and what is she thinking about waiting on the Lord? So maybe in Matthew chapter 9, you can relate to this. There's a lady in Matthew chapter 9 that was subject to bleeding for 12 years. Maybe you're sitting there and you've been praying for healing for a long time. Or maybe you're praying for somebody else's healing for a long time. So can you relate to waiting on the Lord? And then the story of Noah. I find the Bible fascinating. And one of my prayers has always been that, that I get a passion for reading the Bible. Like David said, so my soul longeth after you. And I want to meditate on that word. I'm not even close to being there. But I just love the Bible. But sometimes I think the Bible misses a few details. So if you read the story of Noah and the account, God comes to Noah. We all know the story and says God is like fed up with the people because they're basically stupid. And he says, I'm going to wipe them out. But Noah, I found favor in you and I want you to build a boat. Not just a rowboat, a big old boat. And so Noah goes, okay. But the Bible never tells you how long it takes to build the boat. It sort of does, and there's a huge debate about how long it really takes. So let's just say that it takes more than 50 years for Noah to build a boat. That's conservative. So it can go, I've read, it can go all the way up to 120 years it took Noah to build a boat. Right? Here's my question. Do you think ever in the 50 years it took Noah to build a boat, he's asking the question, God, when? And my question to you and to me, have you ever asked those questions, when? Yes. Maybe you've heard a promise or maybe you heard a word from God at one point in your life and you're still waiting for that word to come true. See, I think we can relate to these things. And what about Job? I really appreciate Pastor Bob's teaching on the book of Job. And even just last week, he didn't know it, but he gave me all kinds of material for my message today, which is really kind of, I guess, good. I always make everyone I come in contact with sign a waiver that says, anything that you say can be used in a sermon illustration. Right? High schoolers? Yeah. Yeah. What about Job? So just last week, Bob was talking about Job, and he made these statements. And tell me, okay, raise your hand, right? I'm a youth pastor, so I need audience participation, right? You just can't sit there like a log, right? You got to, you know, say something, amen, raise your hand, bump your neighbor if they fall asleep. George, leave your cane on the ground, okay, whatever, right? So just, I need something. Raise your hand if you've ever asked these questions in your spiritual walk. Who can help me? Can I trust God? You don't hear from God. You hear crickets, nothing. You're praying and you hear nothing. And then one of my favorites that he said last week, right, is in verse 17 in chapter 10 of Job, he says, from the womb to the tomb. Do you ever feel like you just go through the motions, you get up and you go to bed and you repeat, right? There's no purpose, right? So a lot of people can just go through life and they just think there's really no purpose. See, I think we can, we can relate to some of these things 
in our walk today. What we're talking about is really a spiritual waiting. Is what do we do with all of our questions, like all of these people? Let's go back to our text in Isaiah chapter 40. This is 30 and 31. It says, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, this kind of waiting, as we see in Scripture, actually renews your strength, actually fills up your gas tank, actually gives you more energy. I'm not a good waiter. One time in my life did I go out on, on Black Friday shopping. Right? I got up at 3 in the morning, wouldn't stood in line at Best Buy, right, for a 32-inch TV that was on sale. I probably saved 20 bucks. I don't know what it was. But it was, it was, it was such a great deal that I stood in line. So my question really that I have for myself and maybe that we all need to ask ourselves, what is waiting on the Lord? Is it like standing in line at Best Buy waiting to get a good deal? Or is there something more than that? See, I think it is. So I really appreciate the scripture and I really appreciate the tools that we all have today because we get so much access to so much material about scripture. We get different versions of the Bible, we get Bible studies, we get commentaries. There's just so much stuff out there, right? So if you look at all bunch of different versions of the Bible in Isaiah, in the section that we are in, some versions say those that trust in the Lord, some versions say those that hope in the Lord, but they all translate to the same word. And that word in the original language is kava. Kava. Get this definition, and this just hit me, and maybe it's just me. And I told the group last time that maybe I really just need a mirror in front of me because when, when I preach, I really, maybe this is what God's just putting on me to, 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 to grow my own. I'm hopeful that God is so much bigger than that, and a lot of us can use this message. But the original definition of kava means to bind together especially by twisting. See, that is such a great message and such a great definition of the word waiting that I think it gives it a new flavor. So that's the same word that we talked about in the book of Psalms, the two, sec the two scriptures that we read earlier. It's the same word. So I took the liberty, if you will, and I kind of reworded Psalm 27, 14. It says, bind with the Lord, be strong and take heart and bind with the Lord. See, I think that's really cool because it gives it a different flavor of what weight means. It's more of an action. It's more of something that I do, not something I'm just sitting there waiting for my number to be called. And then in Psalm 130 verse 5, it says, I will bind with the Lord with my whole being and on his word I put my hope. Both of these scriptures are in the NCV version of the Bible. You can't really find that because it's the new Craig version. It's going to be published in pursuit. <laughs> so I think that's really great. Because it really points to me is waiting is not a passive activity. Waiting is something that you do. Waiting is, 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 is is, uh, so let me just say this as my brain gets stuck, right? So I was helping Pastor Bob build those trees out there, right? And a couple of you out, out there were doing it. There was a fun little project. But the idea of binding really came to mind as I was building these trees, right? Because what you did was he gave me a ton of glue and I put the glue down and you take two surfaces and you mash them together and you set them so that the glue sets. To me, that's the idea of binding, that's the idea of you and I binding with the Lord. Come on, you all are too quiet. I need something. Did you, do we need some to coffee? Okay. Jack, give me your credit card. Let's buy coffee for everybody. <laughs> hmm. 
binding with God. Maybe that's what, it think, what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 15. John 15, 5 says this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That word remain, to stay, to abide, to continue, dwell, endure, be present. Similar to binding, I think. So we don't bear fruit by being spiritually idle. All right, here's a test. Where else do you see fruit in the Bible? Galatians chapter 5, fruit of the Spirit. If you have a Bible, turn there. It's the fruit of the spirits, right? It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Two for two today. The joke is, this is, why, this is why the youth group's clapping, because every time I try to say the fruits of the Spirit, I always miss out, miss one or two. But they don't get to claim that on me today. See, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Notice what Jesus was talking about in John chapter, or whatever we were in John. He's saying, you will bear much fruit if you remain in me. Maybe the fruit that we're talking about in John is the fruit that we're talking about in Galatians chapter 5. Is those things. But if you go back, and I find myself often when I read the Bible, especially when I'm studying for a, a message or a series, or, and I read a specific verse, I'm finding myself reading the Bible backwards. Anybody? Or is it just me? Because I'm kind of crazy, right? But I want to know kind of the context of that verse and where it's coming from. So if you back up in Galatians and you go to verse 19, it says the acts of the flesh are a bunch of bad stuff. The complete opposite of binding with the Lord. The complete opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. Interesting. The acts of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. One is something you do. One is something you get. That's good. One is something that grows naturally. But you have to back up further. Because if you're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you sort of have to see how is it growing, right? You could go all the way back to John that we said, if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. But it says it in Galatians, in verse 16 of chapter 5, it says, if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's what it says in 16. So there's the formula. If you live by the Spirit... You get the fruit. It grows. It's natural. Could it be the same thought? Could it be that remain in me, live by the Spirit, and waiting on the Lord really is all the same? And our job is just to do those things, bind with the Lord. See, I find it interesting that Isaiah chapter 40, if you were to read that whole section of Isaiah chapter 40, we'll read a little bit of it today, but of Isaiah chapter 40, it's considered the comfort chapter. I found out funny until I did a little bit of study in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, it was, was prophesied to the Israelites about a future event. Isaiah chapter 40 is a prophecy of Israel being in captivity with Babylon in the future. And God is saying to the Israelites, and maybe he's saying to us today, that we need to bind with him. Trouble's coming. I don't know what trouble is. Me personally, I don't have the answers to why bad things happen. Sometimes I do because I'm stupid and I create my own trouble, right? Maybe, again, it's just me. But oftentimes, other trouble just happens. But I think what God is trying to tell all of us that says, if you bind with the Lord, you will renew your strength and be ready for trouble. See, God wants us to bind with him. 
so that in the event that trouble happens, then we can handle it. See, God wants us to go to him. Part of binding is going to him. Pastor Bob even said last week that God just wants us to go to him. He doesn't, we don't have to clean up. We don't have to be better. God just wants us to go to him. Let me tell you a little story about how this really impacted me. And when you talk about renewing your strength, here's the story. A lot of you know this. Maybe some of you don't. But Leah's and my firstborn um, was a premature kid, 28 weeks gestation. He was two pounds when he was born, right? They gave him roughly a, I don't know, 10% chance of living. I don't even know what it was. It was crazy, okay? But it doesn't really matter. The story is not about him in the NICU, although it's a great story, and I would love to tell you about him, right? But the story is one day in the NICU. We couldn't hold him for a long time because he was on a ventilator for two-plus months. I don't even know how long anymore. But it was a crazy experience. So one day, we were sitting in the NICU, and the nurse that was there, and they are phenomenal people that work in NICUs. I Seriously, they are superhuman. But we were sitting there, and the lady goes, do you want to hold him? In, done, let's go. What do we got to do? Well, she goes, it's not that simple. We really need you to hold him for his benefit. And so there's such a thing called kangaroo care, right? Raise your hand if you ever heard of kangaroo care, right? So kangaroo care is skin-to-skin contact. So I said, I don't really care. I just want to hold my kid, right? I'm getting all emotional now. I did it last time too, Um, that, that I just want to hold him. So the lady said, take off your shirt, sit in this rocking chair. It took three nurses to grab him. Again, he's like this big, but he's got so many tubes and stuff coming out of him. And it took three nurses to handle all the wires and everything else. But they placed him, he was only in a diaper, placed him on my chest. I, I, for me personally, he was the best experience ever. But let me tell you what was for him. You want to think the idea of renewing your strength? Get this picture. So he's hooked up to all these monitors. Immediately, his heart rate goes down. Immediately, his labored breathing is not labored at all. That's the picture of you, me, binding with God. Renew your strength. Renew your strength. I like how Isaiah says, you will renew your strength and you will soar on the wings like eagles. Eagles are some of the coolest birds out there. Right? They're so cool. Do you realize an average eagle flight, they fly roughly 30 miles an hour when they're soaring. But they can dive up to 100 miles an hour. Can you imagine an eagle diving at 100 miles an hour? Go ahead and put that picture up of the eagle. Oh, there it is right there. That's awesome. They're cool birds. But let me tell you some things that I read about eagles. And you want to know about what it means to renew their strength and soar on wings like eagles? Listen to this. Here's what I read. When storms come, most other birds seek shelter. Not eagles. Eagles use the power of the storm and they rise above the storm and just soar above the storm. That's cool. But it's false. Debatable is a better way to say it. Because not everything you read on the internet is true, says Abraham Lincoln. Come on, that was funny. Somebody... There's a lot of debate about whether that's true, but the fact of the matter really is eagles do use the power of the storm to soar, and they don't use their energy. They use the storm's energy that helps them soar. How cool would it be in our life if that if we could use all the stuff that's going on, if we could just bind with the Lord... 
It, it just makes us grow, go faster. How cool would it be for us? Where'd the eagle go? Put the eagle back up. How cool would it be? Where did it go? It went so fast, it's gone. How cool would it be to come at our enemies like that? That's cool. And that's what I want to do. They shall run and not grow tired. That's awesome. Because what that really means is I'm not using my energy to fight the battle. I'm using God's energy, God's strength, God's resources to fight the battle. That's really good. Well, let me illustrate it this way. And if you even saw the last service, we're just really praying that it goes a lot better than the last service. <laughs> but let's do it this way. Let me find my stuff. That's not it. That's not it. Here it is right here. So this little string right here represents your relationship, my relationship with God. Right? So let me start this way. Because I think this is super important. Okay? Because the first thing that really talks about is you have to have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, then that's another sermon for another time. But I want to talk to you about what it means to have a saving relationship. Because we are all born into sin. We are all separated from God. But thank God, that Jesus loves us so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross so that I can have a relationship with him. And if you don't say amen to that, I'm kicking you out of this church. Amen. <laughs> that was a cheap ploy for an amen. <laughs> so this represents your relationship. But at the point in this illustration, nowhere do I ever want to communicate that you can lose that. Right? Again, Another debate for another time because there's a certain camp that you can, a certain camp that you can't, but I'm not really debating that right now. I'm just saying that you need to have a saving relationship with Jesus. And once you get that saving relationship with Jesus, you get the power. You are connected. And that's what's really cool about it. So what really happens then is you get the power and say these weights represent some kind of difficulty in your life. These weights represent some kind of hardship, right? So obviously the bigger the weight, the bigger the hardship. So maybe the first thing is just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe it's, I don't know what you want to call it. But maybe it's just something that you need to, to just deal with. That's an irritation, Right? And so maybe you need to just deal. You need to soar. And I'm here to tell you then is that that word binding, that word waiting on the Lord, maybe is more than just being stagnant. You want another cool thing about eagles? They're one of the few birds that don't eat dead things. Christians... We can't rely on what we've learned or what we've grown in the past. We got to keep growing. We got to keep binding. We got to keep moving. We got to keep learning. We got to keep going after God. Because what really happens is when really hard things come. Maybe I don't have a child. Maybe I don't have a job for three years. Maybe I have cancer in the family. Maybe I, you fill in the blank. But maybe when life gets really hard, that's when it collapses. So the idea of binding is this. So I need my two, my two helpers to come up here. So hopefully we don't end badly like we did last time. Here's the idea of binding. 
idea of binding is each one of these strings represents an activity of that you are going after the Lord for. Maybe this is Bible reading. I don't know. Maybe this is prayer. I don't know. Maybe this is, this is just worship, right? Maybe this is seeking professional uh, counseling or, or whatever. I don't really know. It's up to you to what binding is. But binding really is, is you mix all these together, right? And especially by twisting. So if you twist these all up, right, and you, you do that, it makes a much stronger bond, right? So I took the liberty of doing that with a hook. This is just normal twine, right? And normal twine gives you a certain amount of strength. But the idea is, is that the more that you bind with the Lord, you will renew your strength and you will soar on wings like eagles. That's super cool. But it's only super cool if you apply it. So let's apply it. How many pastors do you know, other than me, who's probably going to go viral for the last service, who's probably not really good, um, will put on a climbing belt in the middle of their service? Scripture is only good, and I really mess this up. Somehow, so it might not even go on right. Jack, I might need your help to put this thing on correctly. What did I do? How did I do it? Seriously, I really. Does it come with instructions? Uh, it should, because last service, it really did not go well at all. <laughs> yeah, the belt was fine. Although, I got all hung up on the belt, or not the belt, I got hung up on the. Oh, maybe it goes like this. I really am going to mess this up. I should have figured this out before I got up here. That's really awesome. Oh, that's close. It is? No, it isn't. It does? Really? Okay, there we go. No, I got it. I talked a lot faster last time. Really? Oh, yeah, and the thing goes right there. I totally put it on backwards last service. That's awesome. So here's what happened last service. Um, I got on here. I didn't have my two uh, support people pack out here. So I got on this thing, and I landed in the drum cage. (laughs) I've always wanted to go viral at some point in my life, and this is it. All right, here's the deal. So here's what I really am trying to, to, to in my own life and, and maybe in others in the youth group, right? Scripture is great. Love Scripture. Right, if you can read scriptures like Romans 8.28, all things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Great scripture. But until you actually live that scripture out, Scripture's just words on a page. When Scripture says that you can place God, you can put all of your trust in God for the most difficult thing in your life, until you actually place your trust in God, then it's just words on a page. At some point, you got to drive the car, or you can never call yourself a driver. Yes, that was funny. Right? But here's the point, right? Go ahead and get on the ladder, boys. Okay? Let's try to not fall down. I jammed my finger last time, so I have nine others, so we're good. Right? Here's the deal. Here, I need my safety, my safety thing. Okay, maybe. Let me, uh, oh, here. Easy. Easy, maybe. All right, I'll keep talking. Don't worry. It's okay. Got it. All right, I'm just really trying to make sure. Because here's why. Here's, here, I got to tell you, I'm a little scared because of what happened last service. But let me tell you this. Have you ever been really scared walking into some rough things? 
even though you might have done it a hundred times, right? At practice, this was great, although Bob got a little nervous. Yesterday I was practicing, and I kept bringing in ladders and wood and rope, and he's like, I don't even want to know. (laughs) But until you actually put it into practice, then it doesn't work, right? So here's the deal. Right? A lot of us are walking around like this. We're connected. We read the word. But if you never actually let go, then we're not really putting the full weight behind what it means to soar like wings like eagles. You just got to let go. So my question really is, is what are you hanging on to? What's holding you back, right? So until you actually put the full weight of the power of God in your struggle, as I turn to the back and let go of my safety, then you never really experience God and the full power. You might experience God, but you don't get the full Power. All right, you can take all of this down. Take the board, take the board, and then the ladders. Okay? This is how I messed up the belt the last time. Corey will never forgive me. Where's my notes? Let me give you a little some thanks. Let's just give you some practical tips. Just some practical tips. I don't know about you, but this is how it practices for me. I am a worrier. I worry all the time. Matter of fact, I worry so much, I'm a card-carrying member of the worry club. Anybody else? See, I've been worried if my sign's down. So I'm a worrier. Matter of fact, I worry so much all the time that sometimes it keeps me up at night. I lay in bed and I try to go to sleep. Anybody raise your hand if this is you? Your mind is just racing about so many things. If my kids aren't home, I'm not sleeping. Not totally true because sometimes I sleep a lot, but it takes me a long time to fall asleep. So here's how this practices. To me, binding with the Lord in just worry. And I got so many other things for me, but just in worry alone, binding with the Lord, it really puts into practice Philippians 4.8. I encourage you to look up what Philippians 4.8 says. But for me, it's P48. So when I think of P48, right, and oftentimes I'll write P48 on my hand, I'll write it on my my finger, just to remind myself what binding with the Lord does. Because Philippians 4.8 says, whatever's good, whatever's lovely, whatever's holy, whatever's excellent, whatever's praiseworthy, think about those things. I need to put in practice what Romans 12 says, you need to renew your mind. That's binding with the Lord. That's just a simple example for me. I can honestly tell you when that happens, I can tell you for a fact, the more I put into practice Philippians 4, 8, the more my mind gets flushed and the more I'm able to relax, the more I'm able to calm down, very similar to my son on my chest. Interesting. Do you remember Psalms 27? We started there. We read Isaiah, and then I read two verses out of the book of Psalms. And in the last verse of Psalm 27 was verse 14. Wait on the Lord. But I think we're really missing the full picture of what David was trying to communicate in Psalms about waiting on the Lord. Let me just read Psalm 27 to you. Right? And it says this, The Lord is the light, is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
That deserves an amen. I don't care who you are. Because if the Lord is your light and your salvation, then we shouldn't fear. We could stop, go home right there, and be very thankful that the Lord is just our salvation alone. Period. Amen. Thank God. Let's go home. But it gets better. It's an infomercial. Here it comes right now. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me... Listen to this. This is so good. Because if you bind with the Lord, man, this is awesome. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Yes. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That is binding. To live with the Lord forever. To live in, to dwell in his presence. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe. When the storm comes, I can soar on wings like eagles. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength and soar on wings like eagles. That's really good. Because the very last verse, I skipped a whole bunch based on time, but the very last verse says, verse 2 says, I will remain confident in this. This is verse 13. Because this is what's really cool about this whole thing is that I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then he finishes. It's almost like an extra. I will wait on the Lord. He goes through all of this stuff. Right? And then he finishes and he says, I will wait on the Lord. I will bind with the Lord. That's pretty cool. Which brings us to communion. Right? Where'd the bucket? Oh, here it is. Where'd the bucket go? It's right in front of me. It's like opening up the fridge. There's nothing to eat. Um, So, (laughs) communion. Worship team, you can come on up. And I just really appreciate, I said last time, I just really appreciate that this church does communion every Sunday. But let me just tell you, if you do communion just because this this church does communion, don't do it. I appreciate the fact that this we do communion because of what it is and what it represents. Because the Bible says whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me and what I did for you. So I want to encourage you that to take communion. See, communion is a part of binding to me. Communion is a way to go to God, recognize what he did for you, and then keep laying on his chest. That's cool. And that's why we do communion. Communion is just a way to recognize what Jesus Christ has done for us. Maybe again goes to the very first thing. If you don't know what Jesus Christ has done for you, I would love to sit with you as long as it takes for you to understand what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. So communion. Communion, the Bible says, whenever you take these elements, take these elements in remembrance of what I did. Take the bread. Christ's body was broken for you. Broken. So that we can have relationship. So that we can even bind with him. Because it's the cross that gives us that even open door. Oh my gosh, that's so good. So take the bread. And then the blood. 
Do you realize that without the shedding of blood, you don't have forgiveness of sin? Do you realize without the shedding of blood that we are just wasting our time? Do you realize without the shedding of blood that that's really what gives us access to God? One of the beauty things, and I say this all the time whenever I'm allowed to, is that one of the best things to me, other than salvation alone, one of the best things to me that if you remember on the cross when it was over, the curtain tore in two, top to bottom. That curtain was the curtain that separated man from the holy of holies. That curtain is what separated man from God. The fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross, it separated that. What does that do? It gives us free access to God. That's cool. That's why we take communion. One of the reasons. We do it in remembrance of what happened and what it gives us. Take the blood. So Cameron and company is going to play a couple of great worship songs. I want you to stay and sing these songs. One's called, um, um, This is a Move. This is a move. There's a line in the song that I believe is at the heart of what binding with God is. And it's a line that says, set our hearts on you. That's cool. You know what I find fascinating also, and I don't know how many times I could say that in one sermon, but I really find fascinating if you read Isaiah chapter 40, right? Right above where it talks about soaring on wings like eagles, it goes on and it says, I don't know where it starts, maybe 20, I don't really know, and it says something like, have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? The God is the God of everlasting. He's the one who put the stars in the sky. He can handle all your stuff. Do you remember that kid in the NICU that I talked about? I can't tell you how many times I prayed for healing, how many times I prayed, how many times I wept, how many times I'm like, God, what are you doing? I don't get it. Here's that kid. No, 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 no. Yes, you should clap for him because he's amazing, right? But it's so cool. Listen to this. This is why worship, I believe, is part of bonding. This is why worship is part of binding. This is why worship is something that we ought to do, right? One, because God deserves it. One, he can handle it, all of our stuff. But here's what's great. I can tell you as I, as a father, watch my son exercise his gifts to worship God. There's no better feeling. I'm not even going to make it through this. Can you imagine what God the Father thinks when his kids worship him? That's good. Let's worship him. Go. Mountains are still being Strongholds are still being loosed. Oh God, we believe. Yes, we can see it. That wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and
This is a move. 